This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> Welcome to the My Old Man Said Podcast, it's something for the weekend time. Joining me to discuss the Dogheads, the Zrinsky Heads, and more, Mr. Chris Bird, welcome. Hello sir, how you doing? All good in the hood. Oof. I like a last minute winner. Oh, it would have been sticky if they didn't get that goal. We needed, a, we needed the captain to step up, and he did, and I've always wanted that from captain. You know, you always look at Gerard back in the Liverpool days, you know, when yeah. they were in the Dragged shit. You he, over the line. he would always drag you over the line, and McGinn did well there. To step up in that fashion. When you see the replay, it's, it's not like a, an easy header. That He's, He still has a lot to do when the ball comes in. It was a great yeah, goal. No, technically a great header. Behind him directs it. There was a few people with headers that, that say, uh, Diego Carlos should be doing <laughs> should be doing better, really. It's a good clearance by him, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, that was about it, really. <laughs> better crowd at Zrinsky than Everton. It was actually that the club really went on the offensive, didn't they, on the sort of the Monday, and then by the Thursday it was a fairly good crowd, considering you know the Mostar lot weren't going to bring loads, so that the top of the Dugalis of their thing was always going to be empty. So you sort of yeah. whatever that is, fifteen hundred down before you've even started, and whatever else in the bottom. But it was it was a fairly good turnout. I thought their turnout was pretty good compared to it what, was what you potentially could have expected, and they did the whole you know marching around uh, Birmingham routine. They made themselves known. I'll give them that. 
Yeah, some people are saying there was Nazi salutes, etc. I think there's quite a heavy nationalistic tone to some of their songs, but you know, it's none of my business. No, it's, I, don't, I don't know, but you see the pictures and you kind of okay, yeah. And you do get yeah. that a lot in that part of the world, unfortunately. Yeah, but uh, regardless, we're here for the football. And they brought the pyro and the party. How they got that in, I don't know, considering the uh, security was very tight around the rest of Villa Park. Well, there's a will, there's a way. There is. <laughs> on, on those things. In terms of on the pitch, uh, I mean, Villa left it very late, but if they hadn't won that, then you, you're really questioning... You know what's happening here because we huffed and we puffed, and I've, I always think if you play your best side at the early stages, get the points on the board, it'd have been less of an effort in the long run. All you had to do in that game is score early, and then I think uh, the job takes care of itself, and then you can roll players off. But instead, you've got McGinn busting a gut for ninety minutes, and it gets more in. You know that second half gets more intensified, doesn't it? Because you're chasing the game desperately. You're expending probably more effort than you would if you started off with a strong team and you know got into a lead, and then you start resting players. So I think this it kind of bites you in the butt. This rotation policy if you're not taking care of business because there is a bit of an attitude problem I think with these players at times and also it's you know because they're not playing a fluid formation with who's coming in they're perhaps they're not used to playing with each other etc but it's never quite the B team as people make out our second string because it isn't I mean, we have on paper a quite a good squad, and even with the injuries we've had, we've got a fairly well-stocked, you know, we've probably had, what, five players out injured who are all starters. Yeah, but still, there's key components, I think, are Louise, Watkins, definitely, aren't they? And to be fair, in, in that and game Torres, specifically, probably. Cash, I think Cash came off the bench and did very well. He gave us exactly what we needed down the right, and obviously was you know, rewarded with the, the assist for the goal. Yeah, but what do you think about the philosophy of, like, starting Louise and Cash and Watkins and then trying to get that game won early and then taking them off as opposed to having them come on and then actually have to whip up a bit of sweat. I mean, I think in, in this scenario, actually, I think Emery got the the changes right in terms of the subs came on and they had the desired impact as they should against a team with, you know, with respect, you know, they haven't got the firepower we've got, but there were other games where it, it hasn't worked. You know, you got a little bit lucky really with the get out of jail card in that game. It didn't work in Warsaw. I'll be really interested, you know, because the next two games in the group probably define your European run, don't they? The away trip to Alkmaar and the home game. Yeah, you need to win the group because also if you're fannying around, scraping through and you finish second, then you've got to play two extra games. Yeah, because you, the teams that finish second will play an extra round against the teams that finish third in the Europa League. So it shoots yourself in the foot by not making sure you win the group by going strong. You have to play two extra games. So this is this is my thinking: you win the group and then you piss around. I agree. You you know you when you looked at the the run of the fixtures, you're almost looking at it going: you want to be going to Mostar in that game, knowing that it doesn't matter. You can play the kids yeah. if you want to. You can leave Martinez at home. You can leave Watkins like back in England. You don't even have to travel with them so for example you would have that game to rest up and then you wouldn't have to play those two extra games because you'd have won the group but if you need to go to Mostar with needing something and then that's just to finish second because this isn't you know this is no walk in the park group it's Europa League level group without a doubt all the teams are if they've all got European pedigree and they're all currently if Zrinski win their game in hand they're all second in their respective leagues so it's the here and now they're doing very well they're in form so you know hopefully this doesn't bite us in the ass but I think if we go to Altmar we need to go there to win it because if you win that game then you're in pole position yeah especially with you've got back-to-back home games then haven't you 
Yeah. Before we go on for the 23-24 season, the My Old Man Said podcast is sponsored by Green King Sport, where football is more than a game. Green King Sports venues are showing every televised Aston Villa fixture over the course of the season. So instead of turning to the internet for a dodgy stream, get your mates together and get down to your local Green King pub and get closer to the action. Green King Sport have just recently launched the Green King Sport Instagram page, which will be home to fantastic content, deals and competitions throughout the season. Drop them a follow and you won't just be the first to know all about this. You'll be helping out the My Old Man Said podcast as well. This is something for the weekend. The main focus will be on the Wolves game. This isn't the normal My Old Man Said podcast. This is more getting us up to speed since the last main show where we predominantly feasted and bathed in the 6-1 win against Brighton. We are currently, we have the best home record in the league. Thanks to our goal difference now from our three wins at home. Hopefully that will be continuing, but the next test at Villa Park will be a tough one against West Ham, who we haven't really done well against in recent... No, we haven't. ...recent memory. But first of all, before we get into the threat of the dogheads, uh, what's the injury situation? Because it, it doesn't seem to be clearing up. No, you seem to be. You seem to be one step forward, one step back. Yeah, Ramsey seems to be back uh, in a spot of bother. Well, supposedly he'd he'd complained of pain after the Brighton game, and his foot. You're hoping that's not a you know another little break or it's you know, bruising or whatever it is. It's just part of the recovery process. Or you hope they haven't rushed him back too quickly. Kamara limped off, as did. Is that Diaby. you saying looks like a reoccurrence of the metatarsal? No, that's, that's what's been reported in the in the press after what um, Emery had said before the Mostar game. So he was never going to play against Mostar. He doesn't think he'll play against Wolves. They're obviously they'll be giving him scans and trying to work out what's going on there. Yeah. Um, Kamara went off against Brian, as did Diaby. They don't expect either of them to play, which is a big loss. Actually, you'd want Kamara and Diaby in your team if you haven't got Ramsey. Bailey was back v Mostar. You definitely want Diaby for Wolves. Yeah, especially over sort of Bailey, bless him, who, who hasn't tended to do well there in the past and obviously Moreno's still out you know you're, you're, hope, you're hopeful that you have all these guys back after the international break well we we joked didn't we about Moreno because he was always they were looking at him to come back well he was on the bench in, in Warsaw and then, he, yeah. and, then he, and then he disappeared again so he clearly wasn't ready it was September after the international break and we kind of joked well hopefully it was the September international break and not the October one and it's uh, the October one as it's panned out, we're still having to manage that situation. It's uh, You were hoping, obviously, with Buendia and Mings out, that you would get Ramsey and Moreno back sharpish uh, in September, but it hasn't been the case. We've had a cameo or two from Ramsey, and now uh, we won't see him again until after the international break, uh, along with Moreno. And I mean, you're hoping that that two weeks will cure all ills. Mm. And they'll be back properly lining up in the matchday squad. Rather, I mean, Kamara's uh, in that French squad. I'm thinking if he's not fit enough to play in the midweek European game, and if he's not fit enough to play at Wolves, then you don't let him go. Yeah, simple. Um, as much as he wants to play for his country, you, you've, got, you've got to look after yourself first. Now, Diaby's not in that squad. We could we could have actually really done with Moreno, couldn't we, in that game against Mustar, where he, he gives you that sort of directness and that ability to get to the byline and deliver. Bailey was quite frustrating in that game in that he'd, he had a lot of ball out wide, but he didn't really whip too many in, into the box. And I, and I do wonder if the sort of giving Dina only 45 minutes was a, pre, a pre-planned thing to sort of say, well, I can give these guys 45 minutes, but I, I don't want to give him more than that to yeah. overwork him. You know, Dina's played probably, I, I would hazard a guess at maybe his longest 
continuous run in the first team at Villa since he's arrived. He's actually been playing, you know, considering his injury record's not been too clever, they probably realised they have to manage him quite a lot. But you're right about, I think Moreno would have been a useful asset in that game because you need somebody yeah. to drag people around and uh, go at people. You need to run with the ball, really. To break up their shape. And that was definitely uh, yeah. needed. Especially in the first half, there was all of the, the patterns of play were in front. Whereas you saw against Brighton, you know, admittedly it was a totally different style of game, but we, we, we picked Brighton off in transition. They tried to play through us. We grabbed it off them, but we had tons of space to play in. Mostar gave us no space to play in and we, we really struggled. Speaking of team that picked off another team a superior team uh, Wolves pretty much did that job against Manchester City didn't they when they, they uh, beat them at they the really weekend did. I mean it's one of those results isn't it that you know I, I'd sort of looked at Wolves really at the back end of last year and then definitely over the summer with all the departures and the, the manager leaving on the eve of the season and you thought they're going to be in trouble and that's not yeah. to say they're, they're still not but I, th- I think they're a side who you'll probably know against Villa <laughs> if the City game was a, a one-off and I think that's probably what a lot of Wolves, from what you sort of see online, that sort of seems to be the narrative from the Wolves fans that, you know, brilliant, it's an amazing moment, but we can't let it be the one moment of the season. And I, I, I still wonder about them, to be honest. Because the Molyneux has been a tough place to visit, well, for Villa. I mean, Wolves it's been our have... been kryptonite, hasn't it, in recent years? Yeah, Wolves have fans won, are there. won five of the last six. But overall, it's uh, been a bedrock for them staying. But that was actually their first win at home against Manchester City. Their other win was away against uh, an awful Everton team. And, I mean, they'll take heart, obviously, from beating Manchester City because it's not something that everybody uh, can claim to have done. No. But it is a bit of an anomaly when you look at the rest of the results and you're hoping... Uh, I mean, I, I can't take this game lightly in any shape or form because you just you can't ignore what's happened in recent times. And you can't you know, ignore the, the disruption of the injuries. And I mean, luckily, we we, played, you know, we had a home European game on, on the Thursday. Therefore, playing Sunday is not so bad. You th- I think you get your team straight back to body more after the game and get them recovering. But it's still less time to, to prep, especially yeah. with, you know, relatively makeshift, not a makeshift squad, but you know, I mean, you, you are down on, on your, on options, certainly in terms of firepower and going and sort of going out to win the game. Yeah. I mean, in the context of both that European game, recent form at Molyneux, the injury situation, I mean, a win against at Molyneux would be a, a very good, very good result. It'd be, a, it'd be the perfect way to kind of go into the, you know, the international, international break, especially after, you know, we had the, you know, the Everton blip at home, but we had the perfect response to that. I think the Mostar game was always going to be attritional. You've passed that test just about. Wolves is one of those ones now that you'd say, well, on paper, you've, you've got to be going there and winning it if we do aspire to be where we want to be. Even you know, regardless of it being a tough place to go. When you look back at last season, if anything derailed our chances, I mean, there was a couple of things. You, you obviously had Liverpool to take care of. That was always unlikely because they were on such a, a run and they had an easy fixture list at the end. But the other and they situation, still had the carrot, didn't they? They had the top four yeah. carrot just about dangling. But the situation was that result against Molyneux not beat, beating him there probably cost us ultimately pipping Brighton and getting mm-hmm. the Europa League spot. Yeah, I think so. It was it was a very frustrating afternoon that one, and we just didn't turn up. But that just shows you. I mean, Wolves. What, what were they playing for? Fuck all, basically. Well, they were we they had... were basically playing. It was that game that pretty much secured their Premier League survival, didn't it? But they were yeah. they were playing to just sort of pull away from the bottom a little bit. And Villa were playing for Europe, and they still, you know, managed to uh, do a number on us. Yeah. As they've as they've tended to, it, it has always tended to be a bit of a number. You know, they 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 played very well, didn't they? At Villa Park in in January, where Ings 
salvaged the draw and obviously Bailey should have won the game really but and there's been a lot of frustrating days and evenings in these in these games against Wolves they've just seemed to have had had our number a little bit and you have to yeah you have to give them credit for that we love our pets but when the floor is covered in fur that's harder to love Ufi X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has powerful 8000 PA suction to make hair vanish from floors in just one pass plus the roller brush has automatic detangling for easy hands-free maintenance want to know more go to eufy.com that's e u f y.com and discover X10 Pro Omni the best in class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799 as a person- Person with a very deep voice. I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I think it's a very different looking Wolves side now, I would I would say. Yeah, they, I mean, they, they had a midfield that would have a bit more possession. They, they, they rely more on the counter and obviously breaking uh, the opposition down in midfield and then uh, triggering it from there. Will Villa have more of the, the ball and it'll be a bit more of a home game? Maybe. It depends how sort of brave Wolves are. You know, it's hard to judge a home team when they beat Man City because generally you're going to have less of the ball against City whether you play them at home or away, but you're going to have to hit them on the break. Um, Wolves kept it really simple. They just ran at City and engaged them and, and, and they did a very good number on keeping Haaland quiet. I think they probably learnt a lot from that Brighton game where they got turned over 4-1. Perhaps they mm-hmm. were far too open in that game. Into, well, they were saying that they, they kind of set up in two banks of four. They played a you know, four four one one as opposed to a four two three one. I mean, yeah. they're pretty similar formations. Uh, perhaps uh, they wanted to f- get extra men in that midfield against Brighton to try to uh, kind of clamp down on them, but it just didn't work at all. Well, it feels like this Wolves team, when you lose players like Neves in the middle of the park, you don't have that ability as much to sort of dominate a game, but they still carry a threat. And I think and Villa are going to have to try and control this one as best they can. Yeah. Which, you know, we saw, you know, in the Mustard game, we've seen in other games, you can have, even Brighton on the other end of the spectrum, you can have all the ball, but it doesn't mean much. You know, we had so sort of a, a very hefty uh, disparity, didn't we, between the possession that Brighton had and the problems they caused and the, the possession we had and the, and the problems we managed to cause them. We were very, very efficient at Brighton. Yeah. I'm really interested to see what Emery's plan is because he, you know, he was, to be fair to him, very nimble on his feet in the Mostar game. He saw it wasn't working and went sort of through it at the back and, and pushed people on to try and get the win. I mean, we had a lot of shots against Zerinsky and, you know, the 
the headline stats of possession, 75, over, you know, 25 shots. But he never felt like it was relentless, like Zerinsky were in danger. A lot of it was like half chances or, you know, shots straight at the keeper. And a lot of territory, a lot of blocks, a lot of kind of playing around the penalty area. But without, it wasn't like the goalkeeper was making wonder saves every couple of minutes. Yeah. So we were rattling the crossbar. It wasn't that. Yeah, no, so you, you just got a feeling it wasn't going to be our day and until McGinn popped up. I think you're looking at if you're going to win this game, it'll be a, a bit of an attritional uh, war. A little bit like some of the games, you know, in the running last year, I think, I think in the games like Leicester, when we went there and nicked it late. I mean, admittedly, you know, I don't know how many last-minute goals we can deal with in a week, but if you have to do it that way, you have to do it. But I do think you've kind of got to dig in a little bit and and match wolves. I think last year we went there thinking, oh, they're not, you know, they're not great and we can beat them. We can sort of out football them. And yeah. we didn't. And we kind of overplayed at times and obviously missed chances. I think, you know, you're gonna need um well, you're gonna need to take your chances when they come because I don't think either team's gonna have a lot of chances in this one. Yeah, there's that kind of goldfish complacency when you're thinking, oh yeah, Wolves away, yeah. we should win that as three points. But, you know, Five losses out of the last six suggests that it's uh, one of the harder fixtures that Villa have. In terms of their threats, obviously they've lost some of their big boys in recent seasons. I've earmarked straight away in terms of uh, the main headline threats, Bubica Traore, because surely he's like Bubica Kamara. He's a player. <laughs> yeah, Bubica Kamara and Bertrand Traore all in one player. He's got the wizardry, the trickery, but the calmness and the composure of Kamara. Interesting. Is that a fair reflection, or is he just a bench warmer that hasn't started this season yet? <laughs> Are we just getting excited about a nothing player because of the name? I think we're probably the latter. Yeah, he's only uh, he's only came off the bench four times this season. He's played about seventy one uh, minutes. So, uh, but seriously speaking, I think I think it's a guy that uh, what did Pep Guardiola refer to him as the Korean guy. Yeah, Wang Hee Chan, who is, uh, well, he scored the winner against Manchester City, the Korean guy, a.k.a. the Korean guy. Took his goal really well, actually. And he is their leading scorer with uh, four goals. Uh, If you don't know much about uh, Hee Chang, he was pretty much sponsored by Red Bull, wasn't he? He started off at Salzburg, (laughs) went to Leipzig, couldn't really break into the Leipzig team. I think he only played about 20 times and at at least 15 of those were off the bench. Probably more, actually. So he went on loan to Wolves, and then they obviously triggered the uh, the permanent deal. And he's he's starting to fill in for some of the bigger hitters that have uh, left. Well, it's a very different looking midfield. I mean, they've still got Neto, who's a good player, but you haven't got you know sort of Matinho and Neves in the middle, who were kind of like their mainstays for a, for a number of years. It, it feels a little less. Portuguese this team these days well marginally marginally less Neto does lead them for assists with four yeah. and probably has been uh, their best player overall uh, so far this season although that's not exactly saying too much but I think especially you know, at the back as well Kilman and Dawson who did a really good job against Man City sort of you know shackling Haaland Alvarez they had Foden Doke, Doke. They were, you know, the, the attacking threat of Man City obviously speaks for itself but they they managed Haaland really well in that game. They did put Dawson on him man for man, didn't they? As simple as that. Yep. And I wonder I mean, if they'll do a similar thing with Watkins. Yeah, but I don't know. I think Dawson is a bit more of an upright centre-back and it kind of makes sense. You know, it's, it's basically physicality for physicality against Haaland, where I think Watkins is a different kind of player and a lot more mobile, potentially. Yeah. 
I mean, Haaland is pretty mobile for a big guy, but it's more like straight lines charging, isn't it? While uh, Watkins yes. is a bit more, runs the channels a little bit more, you know, potentially would drag Dawson into areas of the pitch he wouldn't really want to be at. Well, he, he, he occupies you back four in a very different way to Haaland. Yeah, I don't think Dawson's got the legs to go man-on-man with Watkins either. I think it would be a bit more zonal rather than uh, dropping. I mean, with Haaland, I think it's worth, going man for man on Holland if you've got a big big enough uh, centre-back to actually handle him like I have no problems with you know if when we had Mings putting him man to man on Holland. now I'm uh, curious to see how he would handle City because it's not a, such an obvious situation with Mings out No you're right there and obviously we've, we've got that game to look forward to a little bit later in the year haven't we when they come to to Villa Park yeah we we don't have that obvious physicality now to centre back you know even Clement Longley who's uh, come in is is more of a ball player less physical uh, centre back so yeah I mean he did okay actually didn't he against Mostar I thought Longley I thought he did alright yeah but against their ageing centre forward even though uh, he's got a few goals to to his name (laughs) yeah he was the kind of game for centre back if you're a ball playing centre back those kind of games are great because you're not going to have to do too much defending but yeah Wolves it's it's not the Wolves team of old, and I, and I still think, despite this win against Manchester City, they are still one of the candidates for uh, relegation. I mean, in their in the plus column for Wolves, they've got a fact that the three teams that came up are weak this season. I would say. Well, we've only just you know sort of just getting to October, and and only a couple of them have even got one win under their belt. I think the three have come up: Everton and Wolves. That's probably your five down there. Yeah for me so the, really Wolves' best chance is because of the deficiencies of others but uh, let's not write them off uh, too much uh, it's not literally writing them off it's just being realistic of where they are you know, they are not the team that were finishing 7th and taking it to teams when they first came up and they, they'll they know that you know, the financial problems they've had off the field are pretty you know, well known yeah I think if Villa play their game and aren't sloppy at the back and aren't complacent then they should be taking three points from this if they want to go where they want to go this season, even with the injuries we have. With that in mind, uh, Mom's pool panel results. A very scrappy away win. Yeah, it's one of those where, with that the record against them, I, I think hopefully we're going to be buoyed by what happened in the last uh, dying embers of the uh, Zrinsky game. So, But then again, are, how are Wolves reacting to beating Manchester City? Well, you've got to be confident. Is that going to be confident after beating City at home? And you think, right, let's let's throw the kitchen sink at Villa, or do you get a little bit not overconfident, but do you think, right, let's go and have a go at Villa, and that probably plays against you, or do you go with a it's similar like, game? Yeah, plan? Do they know. are they getting complacent? Are they starting Bubica Traore now? Because <laughs> they think, well, we've got one player that's as good as two of theirs, so uh, let's play the hybrid. <laughs> <laughs> that might lead them into a false sense of security, and that could be our uh, our in. But yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go more positive this time. I, I, Villa weren't really, to me, given the performances uh, of any consistency or or any direction before we played Brighton. That's why I went for the draw there because I just thought, well, Brighton uh, may finally have our number. But I'm gonna say, well, hopefully Villa will finally have Wolves' number and change around what's been happening at the Molyneux in recent uh, games between the two teams. So let's go so. uh, away so. win. That would set up a nice international break, serious form in the Premier League, getting the Europa Conference League up and running properly. And get your heavy hit and get some of your heavy hitters back fit and firing, hopefully, as well. Well, hopefully, yes. Right. If you haven't seen them already, uh, the meeting notes to the fan advisory board 
meeting. There was a in the flesh meeting with Heck, and then to follow it up, even though it wasn't at it, there was like a virtual Teams, Microsoft Teams meeting to cover off some of the points. Although, I mean, I told him you can't put out the notes that they had originally written you've got to give supporters more details and then the, the notes that came back were still a bit disappointed so I've added uh, insights to them to give you more of a, a, a flavour I mean it made me laugh uh, I don't know what some fans are doing but uh, there was a comment on uh, one of our posts on the website you know basically not happy about the uh, the Everton attendance in terms of the pricing and you know the lower grounds etc and this comment is uh, moms are back in the corporate stuff though aren't they question mark mom slagged off a lot by fans who went to Warsaw as apparently you are hex petsies but, and you can afford the bolt that's uh, their mistake their bad English and that you can afford the bolt on so it's okay I mean how thick what? you know somebody replied how can you come to that conclusion moms has been reporting it and condemning it both on the internet and their podcast every week every week and and to hex face challenging him on everything and basically saying how can you just pull the lower grounds take away the whole tens benefit which has been advertised in previous seasons wasn't down on this one i don't know if they've taken it off since or what but i you know i was challenging them saying well well i'll actually put out the letter on the website that i sent to the club before the meeting about the bloody lower grounds terrace view one Bottom line has been there should be no hospitality in the halt. And, you know, as I replied to this guy who said, how can you get to that conclusion? I said, because he must be blind, deaf, dumb and stupid. It's the only explanation. Some people are idiots. You know, it's the same with Perslow. Because I'm putting up messages saying, look, this is what happened in the meeting with Perslow. It's just because you meet with these things. And, you know, we know these cliches happen that, you know, if you have meetings with the club, which you need because or else the club just basically do everything unchallenged that as soon as you meet with a club people are going to go oh your patsies oh you know and the same people saying oh so far up Perslow's arse and now it's like so far up Heck's arse I'm the only fucker that stands up to these people so it's an insult to even say this about me I mean I don't give a shit what people think but when you're so wrong it's just embarrassing for you it's idiots that basically uh say this because they have no knowledge if they had any knowledge if they had ears if they read if they listened they would know exactly what's happening so it's just embarrassing for them and perhaps a a simple thank you might do for actually getting out on the front line and fighting the good fight well i don't i don't ask for anything it's just like (sighs) but it's i just ask for people not to be so fucking stupid but ultimately you know lower grounds every time they announce it for the park boo it You've got to do something. I mean, if Ben Hatton, uh, Hex right-hand man, is sitting in front of Prince William, he's going to feel uncomfortable if you're booing his initiative in front of Prince William. It's like, at least do something rather than put misinformation out there. And it was a good boo against Mostar. It was a pretty decent one against Brighton as well. It's building nicely. You should just be dissatisfied permanently if it's not something you want. And, you know, write to the club, complain. I mean, ultimately, that lower grounds was loads of freebies for staff, players friends basically they you pack it with freebies it's like standard promotion marketing pack it with freebies then you can take the photos and the videos and go oh yeah look how popular look at this look at look 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 what you're missing out on you're missing out on a school canteen stroke prison canteen but anyway if you if you hear anybody saying that we we support any of this hospitality then just call them out because they're 100 percent wrong we couldn't be couldn't be any more against it and it's not something i i want to go to Anyway, 
Until next we meet, which will be the main show, hopefully celebrating three points against the Wolves. As we look ahead to defining trip to Alkmaar, the season will start to heat up. Until next time, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from him. Goodbye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.